Tales from Azeroth. As always here at the Pick and Whistle in Instalment, I chat for a variety of subjects with regards to World of Warcraft. So grab a bottle or a pint, sit back and enjoy. Today's subject, we're going to be going over the rest of patch 9.0.5 and what is within the patch itself. Last week we covered a lot mostly over the classes, but we still had loads of stuff to carry on such as uh, dungeons, uh, item rewards and stuff like that, new um, systems coming in to 9.0.5. But, as always, we're going to start off this week going over the weekly events within World of Warcraft. There's only a couple this week, so the ones from previous week have been taken away. That was the World Quest bonus, the Brawl, uh, the World Boss uh, for Mortanus in Madraxxus is gone, and uh, the Mythic, we are also looking at something else. So, this week we've got Torghast, which is Unbridled Darkness, and what this basically is, is a new uh, anima power that you can get, and uh, it basically puts your screen into pitch black, but it increases your damage and healing by 75%, and you can get many different powers that empower this flask some are incredible some are kind of meh it is a very good power i've managed to speed run with um with this anima power so definitely recommend giving it a go if you want to you know switch some stuff up in torghast another thing that is this or another thing this week is warlords of draenor time walking dungeons so the dungeons from Warlords of Draenor expansion are available for you to jump in and give a go at max level characters to maybe get a few of your new level 60s some, you know, boosted gear a little bit. That and the quest is for to complete four or five mythic, I'm pretty sure it's five, five, uh, not mythic, sorry, time walking dungeons uh, for a item level 200 piece. So definitely, definitely go in and get that done. Now, the world boss this week is the Ardenwild boss. I really don't want to try and pronounce it because it's a big Tiernan, but it's the world boss in the bottom left of Ardenwild. Big tree boy, you can't miss him. Definitely head over there, get your free 250 anima, get your possible best conduit, definitely get a chance of a piece of loot. Do not hesitate to do so. The mythic affixes for this week are tyrannical, which means the boss's health is increased by 30% and damage. You have storming, which means uh, melees, you best watch out. You also have uh, prideful, as always, uh, as it is still season one. And I believe it's bursting this week as well. So make sure that you do not, you know, go a bit crazy. Actually, it is not bursting. I lied. It is grievous this week. Grievous is the one where if you are below 90%, it basically deals ticking damage to you and this stacks up indefinitely until you're topped up above 90%. I get Bursting and Grievous very mixed up because they feel the same to me, to be honest. But with the weekly stuff out of the way, we're going to carry on with the 9.0.5 and we're going to be looking at the dungeons and raids that are being affected in this current patch that has just been released. So... We'll go with the obvious one. We'll start with the raid, the only raid that is in Shadowlands at the moment, and that is Castle Nathria. And uh, with the, the closing of the Alliance Hall of Fame, so 
generally you've got Horde Hall of Fame that finish, you know, about a month or so earlier than the Alliance Hall of Hall of Fame, mainly because of the racials that Horde have. It makes it better for Mythic Plus, or not Mythic Pluses, raiding, Mythic raiding and stuff. So you're generally going to have more guilds who are looking to raid on the Horde side. That's why they're kind of finished first. But what the Alliance and Horde Hall of Fame is, is it's the top 50 or 100 guilds to complete Castle Nathria on Mythic difficulty. And uh, once that is done, because it's been filled up the Hall of Fame, Cross-Realm Mythic Castle Nathria is now available for all players starting this raid lockout, which has just gone. So you're more than welcome to grab some buddies from a different realm, hop into uh, Castle Nathria Mythic, and give it a good shot. Now, there's been a couple tweaks to Castle Nathria in terms of damage. So you've got... Callistan's Fury effect has been affected by has been reduced by 15% on both heroic and mythic difficulty. You got Veteran Stoneguard have had their health reduced by 10% on mythic, and uh, they've also had their melee damage reduced by 10% on all difficulties. So a little bit of a nerf there to the Stone Guards. Apparently they were slapping some people about. The uh, Stone Guards uh, now cast less frequently on their Sin Touched Blade. So, and this is again all difficulties, so apparently these were um, a real struggle for some guilds and uh, people are obviously complaining about it. And they've reduced the uh, damage of Dancing Fever by 10%. They've also uh, done something with the Dancing Falls. They've had their uh, health reduced by 10% on Mythic difficulty. And uh, they've reduced the damage of Soul Spikes by 5% on all difficulties. Now... With Castle Nafria, obviously, they're going to be reducing some of this. Uh, uh, this was obviously going to happen anyway, but after every sort of patch that a raid has been out, they look to reduce st- like the damage of stuff on the Mythic difficulties, just so the more... It's just so not the top 100 guilds can clear the instance. Like It gives the other guilds of a better chance at clearing the mythic difficulty like with their guild so that they're not just stuck there and you've only got the same guilds, you know, running it every time. You've got some guilds, you know, building up some hope to push that extra bit and, you know, to push that, you know, mythic difficulty completion. So they were always going to nerf this, but it seems like they didn't hit the bosses that much. They just hit some of the trash within like the dungeon or the raid itself. So it's not too bad. And uh, going on, or moving on from Castle Nathria, there wasn't really much to Castle Nathria, to be honest, in terms of nerfs and stuff. I feel as if it is in a very good place. It's just you've got to execute the mechanics perfectly, like always, and you'll be good to go. So let's look at some dungeons. So you've got Halls of Atonement, Sanguine Depths, Theatre of Pain, stuff like that, that's all going to be hit a little bit. So Halls of Atonement got a tweak we'll say so loyal stoneborn these are the people or these are the gargoyles that you can uh ally with like you know control mind control most their damage is now reduced by 50 percent while charmed and the stoneborn boon duration is increased to 45 seconds and uh, that was 30 seconds the boon is what gives you a 10 percent damage increase when you pick them up and uh 
the Loyal Stoneborn for the damage reduction now persists for 45 seconds when charmed. And this was 30 seconds. So, again, you're getting a little bit of a nerf there because uh, you're reducing the damage by 50%. You'd want the Stoneborn for a minute. But you're kind of making up for that damage with the 10% damage buff that they're giving you for the 45 seconds. So, slight tweak there. And the Stoneborns did do insane damage, by the way. Like, it was kind of ridiculous damage. Um, so, not too bad about this. It, you really are utilising the Stoneborn for their damage buff now, rather than their just raw damage as a whole. Sanguine Depths. You don't have many changes to this. So the anime cages, the ones that the Venfears can use, now persist for a minute after activation, was 45 seconds. And while active, Sinful Boon is applied to players when any enemy is slain nearby. It was only certain types of enemies. And the duration is increased to 75 seconds instead of 60. And they've moved one of the anime cages away from a patrolling chamber sentinel. Now, this one, I know exactly what they're talking about. It's as you're going through Sanguine Depths, there's a little bridge that you have to cross. And uh, this bridge, um, you'd go to your right to cross the bridge. And there's a cage that's on the opposite or on your side of the bridge, but just past the bridge a little bit. It makes no sense as to why you would ever use that like anima cage there because you've got well you've just got a free path to the next pack there's no point using that cage to get a 15 percent damage increase unless you're doing like a massive pull just to like go on to the next pack so i do understand this change the buff is really nice the 75 second duration and the enemy slain is really really good because that gives it so much more opportunity, not just in the gauntlet to be used. And uh, it also gives it a lot more opportunity in the ring before the second boss. So really good change, massive buff in terms of, uh, you know, the Venfear Covenant in Sanguine Depths. It, is, it might actually become very useful in the near future. It was useful in terms of its damage increase, but this will make it even more so. So moving on to Theatre of Pain. So the Necrolord uh, Chosen Covenant perk has now a duration of six minutes, was fine. This was when you picked up the banner and it gave you 10% movement speed and 10% versatility. You just get an extra minute on that buff, which is really nice. And uh, there's a change to the challenges as you're going through Zav's um, wing of the Theatre of Pain. So Zero the Underhanded has been disabled on Mythic Difficulty and removed from the Dungeon Journal. So, not sure why they've removed her. It might be because there was a certain type of like Mythic Plus stuff that people weren't liking. I suppose you're going to have to try and balance this around MDIs as well, because that's the high end of you know Mythic Plus dungeons. This is what people are you know playing or you know, wanting to win big money on. So I guess you've got to kind of, if there's an RNG factor to it, this can just remove it straight out because you'll get the same champion each time. But I don't know the reason for this one, to be honest, but they went they went ahead and did it anyway. So from uh, looking at two other dungeons, sorry, I don't know why they're below this uh, section, but you've got Plagueful. So Doma Venom Blade. The Brood Assassins no longer trigger Necrotic Affix, 
which is huge, by the way, because there's no way that you can really reset your necrotic stacks unless you have a paladin in the group for bop or something like that. So this is really good because it doesn't give you a very soft enrage. It's like a massive nerf to the boss, pretty much. Uh, for Sanguine Depths as well, you've got General Carl's Gauntlet. These Stonewall Gargans no longer trigger the Necrotic Affects as well, which is, again, very nice because uh, after each pack, you want to sort of drop these Necrotic um, debuffs so that your healer can top you up, moving on to the next pack. And with these things constantly spawning, it might be tough to do so, and you might get stuck in sort of a stalemate, if that makes sense. So... There are some Mythic Keystone changes. So the formula for determining the level of the first Mythic Keystone players receive each week has been adjusted. So previously players would always receive a Keystone one level below the highest that they'd completed. And this has been going on for a couple of expansions now. So after this change, if you finish a Mythic Keystone dungeon in time during that week, the next Great Vault will contain a keystone of the same level. So an example of this, if your mythic, if your highest mythic keystone completion during the week is a plus 15 that you completed in time, you will get another 15 key, plus 15 key, from the Great Vault uh, on the next week. And if you run a 15 or plus 15 during the week too and fail to meet the timer, uh, however, and can and complete no other 15 uh, on like that week uh, the mythic keystone the mythic keystone dungeon the rest uh, of two week two you'll receive a 14 keystone uh, now I made a complete butchery of that but if you complete in week one a 15 key in time you get a 15 key the week after and if you don't complete a 15 key in time uh, the week after week two, you'll get a 14 key, which makes sense. That's the way that it always should have been, in my opinion. And I don't know why they're just changing it now. So there is another big thing with regards to items and rewards from Mythics. So obviously you've got the Wandering Ancient that before I you know, get into the items and rewards... But this is an item that everyone's going to get, which is the Wandering Ancient Mount. We've got it already, and it is a spectacular mount. I love it personally. Some people don't, but it's a great mount. They put a lot of work into it. The animations for it are great. The very first thought that I had when playing the game, I made a Night Elf, was my very first character, and probably my second character, actually. But... After walking out of Shadow Glen, which is the Night Elf starting zone, around level 5 or 6, you reach the little town of Dolinar. And in Dolinar, there's these big uh, tree ants that path uh, through the town and act as protectors. And when I first saw it, I thought it was absolutely incredible. These massive tree guys are your guards like in this small little quiet town. And I just thought it was amazing. These guys have been like edged, etched in my mind since the very start of playing WoW, since the the very first time I started playing WoW. And 
to have one as a mount almost is absolutely incredible. It's a dream come true. So definitely make sure that you give the Wandering Ancient Mount a try. It is great fun. Just the mount up, the animations that they did for it, just the mount special that they do. Quality. Absolutely quality mount. 10 out of 10. So moving on to the Mythic gear now. So gear acquired from Mythic Keystone Dungeons are now upgradable with Valor. Uh, Valor is obviously a currency that was in the game but taken out. Much like um, honor, honor vendors, like PvP vendors. So with the Valor currency, it's earned through completing Mythic Keystone Dungeons and Covenant Callings. And the weekly Valor cap will start at 5,000 Valor. Uh, earnable in the first week and it will increase by 750 valor each week uh, gear that dropped before the patch is unable to be upgraded so you got 200 item level 200 item level initial upgrade level and you can upgrade it um, so what you need to do in order to unlock the upgrades needed so to go up to 207 item level, it requires the Keystone Explorer achievement. And this is earned by completing uh, all eight of the Shadowlands dungeons at Mythic 5 or higher within the time limit. If you want to go up to 213 item level, it requires you the it requires you to have the Shadowlands Keystone Conqueror achievement. And this is earned by completing all Shadowlands dungeons at Mythic 10 or higher within the time limit, of course. And if you want to go for that little bit extra, you need 220 item level gear, you know, just to push it up that, get that extra bit of damage. It requires you to have the key, uh, Shadowlands Keystone Master Achievement. And this is earned by completing all Shadowlands uh, dungeons at Mythic 15 or higher within the limit. Now, this is very much doable within Season 1 of the Mythics. Uh, this will only change after 9.1. I've yet to see, like, I no one knows if uh, since you've got the Mythic Keystone achievement here, uh, it'll probably require you to get the Mythic Keystone for season two before you can upgrade before you can upgrade even further than that. But again, we don't know yet. Uh, when completing a Mythic Keystone dungeon after the time has ended, will now reward a second item as well. So you always have two items at the very minimum. And the item level of the second item will be just slightly lower. So if you finished a Mythic 7 Keystone but didn't complete the timer, now rewards the party with 200 item level item and a 197 item level item. So you're just dropping down a Mythic uh, in terms of item level. And it's three item level. So it's not the end of the world. As long as you still get you know that second piece of gear you have more chance of getting gear in that mythic, if that makes sense. So the Great Vault uh, raid loot requirement is now also three bosses killed, six bosses killed, nine bosses killed. Uh, and this is instead of three bosses killed, seven bosses, ten bosses. Just makes sense. You go up by three each time. Gives you leeway of one boss each week that you don't necessarily want to do because otherwise you'd have to complete the entire raid to get them 10 or that third slot within the Great Vault. So it makes sense. Um, potency Conduits now also drop within Castle Nathria. And Conduits are a big problem for me. I'm levelling a Boomkin ult. 
and I want to use this Boomkin ult to do some PvP. And the biggest problem that I'm finding with gearing this ult is finding the right conduits to get because there's a conduit that I desperately want for PvP and desperately need, but I just can't get it. No world quest is giving it to me. I'm not getting lucky in any of the callings. I, I really need this conduit and I just can't get it. So the more chance at a drop rate in any sort of conduits is very useful and a step in the right direction from my point of view anyway. And a few changes, because obviously everyone's reaching the maximum amount of renown now. Uh, renown being, you know, the two quests that you complete each week, which is save the souls and replenish the reservoir. No one knows what's going to happen after, so they've addressed this as well. So once players reach 40 renown with their covenant, the weekly quest to gather 1,000 anima will now just reward you with 1,500 gold. So nice little gold income there if you want to buy some parts and stuff. You know, you certainly can do. And once players have reached the maximum amount of souls in their covenant, the weekly quest to secure souls from the moor will now reward you with 500 anima. So these things can tie into each other really nicely. You pick up both quests, you go rescue some souls, you get 500 anima, you've completed the um, quest, like you've done half of the quest to gather 1,000 anima to get that extra 1,500 gold. So nice and easy. Ties in really well, both of them. But this can get boring very quickly because you don't, don't necessarily want to do this every week for just some gold. So they're going to need to alter this a bit in the coming like months or before 9.1. But that is yet to see. Or we're yet to hear anything about 9.1 and when it is potentially released. Um, so we've got some other sort of changes here. Rhinestone sunglasses can now be used in transmogrification and will appear in your collection once found. Uh, transmog stuff. I don't mind transmog stuff. These go these glasses are very fashionable. I'd say they're very out there. They they can make a couple transmogs work quite well. They're quite fun. They're quite funky. So certainly nice that people wanted to see these in the transmog, unless they just unless Blizzard literally just thought, yeah, we'll throw in you know these sunglasses with the patch. You know, make it look like we're doing a lot more that kind of thing uh vendor prices for items below item level 75 have been adjusted i'm not too sure about that i'm guessing that some item levels are pff, inflated they didn't actually drop with the uh like sort of level squish and everything so not too sure about that one uh, the lightless force weapon enchant no longer targets out of combat or crowd control enemies. Let's take a quick break. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. And that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Oh dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this 
is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out The Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. Again, no idea about this one, to be honest. I've never heard of the Lightless Force weapon enchant hitting anything. Not too sure. You've got the Hungering of the Pack Trinket. Now grants uh, the speed stat instead of movement speed percentage. Which makes sense because obviously more classes would benefit from movement speed percent. You've got druids in uh, like cheetah form, deer form, who obviously just get a straight increase to a, like 100% increase. So this trinket will benefit them a lot more if it's just a 4% increase on their like running speed at that time rather than just a flat you know speed stat. So it makes sense. The barrier generator toy can no longer be used in instances of PvP. This is hilarious because this I've never even known this, but it sounds like the barrier generator seems like something that maybe a priest would put down as the priests have like dome. You've got a death knight with anti-magic zone. So it might just be something to sort of fool, you know, the enemy into thinking that you've already popped a cooldown. So they're not necessarily going to attack you as much into it. Obviously, you've got a few changes uh, in the uh, or you've got a few legendary items that are changed coming into 9.0.5. So you've got a few things here. So for Blood Death Knights, um, Pheromones, I believe it is, uh, now grants 10% haste while inside Death and Decay was eight. Very small changes. Again, might not even need to go over all of these. Some things might be bigger than others. So it depends really on what build you're trying to go for with these legendaries. But if you're looking at the big ones, you've got stuff like Demon Hunter. So Felbon Barbon buff duration has been increased to 40 seconds instead of 30. And the chance to trigger has been uh, or is increased to 5% or by 5%. Sorry, you've got Dark Glare Medallions. Uh, a uh, chance to trigger is increased to 40% instead of 20% and now refunds the fury uh, of the casted I-beam or fail devastation. You've got loads of these big ones that, you know, might have an effect on what legendary you're looking at because some people have uh, soul ash to burn at the moment. I have like nearly 7k soul ash on my main and I'm going to be looking to buy a new piece of gear to have a second uh, like legendary so I can switch them out for both PvE and PvP uses but I mean stuff like this uh, burning wound damage uh, over time increased by 100% and immolation aura damage increased by 65% instead of 50 uh, you've got many different things but some things are very like niche I mean the cat eye curio um legendary now restores 30 percent of energy instead it it was 25 percent again some of these are very niche but the ones that got hit hard or the classes got hit most mainly are kind of the paladin ones or you've got quite a few for mage hunter monk paladin priest certainly uh, a little bit others are very sort of very small tweaks more than anything. So for Beast Mastery Hunters, you're looking at quite a bit. So Dire Command now has a 30% chance to trigger instead of 20%, uh, which is a nice buff. You've got 
Rylux Stalker's piercing fangs, critical damage is increased to 35% instead of 20. So getting an extra 15% on the crits is very nice there. Uh, you got Flame Walker's Cobra Sting. Now it's a 50% chance to trigger. Instead it was uh instead of 25. So just double the amount of chance to trigger. And uh, yeah, like you've just got so many different tweaks across the board that some are just massive compared to others. So you've got stuff like Surgeon Shot. Uh, for marksmanship, you've got Surgeon Shots. Now causes Rapid Fire to deal 35% additional damage instead of 25. You've got... For Mage, there's a few tweaks as well. You're looking mainly towards uh, Fire. So with uh, Fire, obviously, you can have some big booms almost with this. Uh, so there's a legendary called Molten Sky Fury where... After casting 18 fireballs now instead of 25, uh, you cool down a meteor on the target, which is very nice. And you've also got Sun King's Blessing now requires consuming 8 hot streaks uh, instead of 12. And Grant's Combustion for 6 seconds was 5. So these are very small things that they've tweaked, but can have a massive impact because hot streaks are obviously where you get instant pyroblasts. And if you pop combustion, there is a, actually a quite high chance that you can get most of these hot streaks like in your first combustion, therefore just giving you another combustion straight after. So there's a, a massive sort of overlap potential with these, uh, with this legendary being tweaked a small bit. It might not seem like much, but this small tweak could, you know push it over the edge and, you know, give more people in, I would say PvE, because obviously in PvP you're running Triune Barrier, or Triune, Triune, yeah, Triune Barrier, where you have three barriers, that sort of thing. Uh, for Frost, obviously you've got something completely different, so Cold Front now calls down a Frozen Orb after casting 30 Frost Bolts or Flurries. This has been halved because it was 60, and Freezing Wings now triggers Fingers of Frost every two seconds instead of three. So you got more uptime and damage and stuff like that. Again, very small things, but can mean a big difference in the long run. It's kind of, um, you know, small buffs that go unnoticed until something else gets nerfed. And then this just dominates. Like, it's that kind of thing. So small buff, small buff, small buff. It's still not meta. And then they finally just go, yeah, we're going to nerf whatever is meta. And then this just springs up. It's like that was the only thing that was meta was what was keeping this at bay. Now that the meta's gone, like it's there's no chance of even like competing with this thing that's been buffed over the course of like a few months. That kind of thing. The hidden Hidden buffs almost. People don't notice it until it's too late. That kind of thing. Um, with Monk, you've obviously got a few uh, tweaks. So, Shao Hao's Might now causes Tiger's Pump to have a 40% chance. Was 20 to deal 300% of normal damage instead of 250%. And reduce the main cooldown of your brews by two additional seconds. So, this is obviously a Brewmaster. And uh, you've got Mighty Pawn now causes um, Celestial Brew to increase your armor by 50% when 
was 25 for 8 seconds instead of 7 and causes your purifying brew uh, to have a 35% chance not to consume a charge. So they're obviously looking at making this legendary more tankier for Brewmaster Monks to give them more durability and just to tank a lot more hits in the process. Sorry if you can hear my voice going. I'm not too sure what's happening. It's just dying off. So <clears throat> apologies if uh, you know you hear a slight stutter within a sentence because my voice is just drying up. There's not really much to say for Mistweaver and Windwalker. The biggest one is Zuen's Battle Gear critical strike chance increased by 50% and now it was 30%. And Fist of Fury's cooldown reduced by 5 seconds. It was 2.5 seconds. So nice little buff on this legendary. Could be useful with all of the sort of nerfs. I want to say nerfs, but they are just bug fixes for Windwalkers. So this could come into play because uh, Fist of Fury is a massive damage increase and a massive burst potential for monks. So is Zuen. So you want to get the most use out of them abilities. So for Paladin, you've got quite a bit of change. The most uh, change that you'll see is sort of around protection Paladin. So the Arjun Protector Sanctum has been redesigned. So when Arjun Defender saves you from death, it restores 40% additional health. And when Arjun Defender expires without saving you from death, its remaining cooldown is reduced by 40%. This is massive, by the way. This is massive because Argent Defender, I mean, it's good. It might save you, but there's a very small window to get top back up from if you were to take, like, a death. Because it's a cheat death when it procs. It cheats death. So it'll put you to 20% instead of you dying. Now, tw in high mythic dungeons, this 20% isn't going to do much. In all honesty, you'd have to have a heal instantly after that procs. And the timing on that is so slim and so unlikely that this might be very good. This uh, could be a very, very good legendary uh, going into the future. Because uh, you'll have it up multiple times within maybe one fight if it doesn't save you. You'll have it up... Uh, or if it does proc, it gives you that massive health boost instead of just a tiny health boost. I mean, Demon Hunters go into Metamorphosis with Cheat Death. Uh, death Knights just don't die with Cheat Death. They actually can just get healed. After a certain amount of time, they will die, obviously. And Guardian Druids, I'm pretty sure, don't have a Cheat Death as well. So it's one of the two classes that don't necessarily have a Cheat Death or a Cheat Death built in passively it has to be activated and even when it's activated and procs it's not the greatest so this can be very good and very useful and i wouldn't be surprised if most pve classes would go for it but again the other prot legendary is very strong where you get guardian of the ancient kings and uh, you know have that 50 percent damage reduction a free heal stuff like that so again only time will tell with this but I think the Guardian one is still up there with most of it. So you've got obviously a few more changes here and there with everything. But most of the big ones have been covered. 
So you moving on to PvP. So you've got a couple of things that are changed. Uh, you've got this one is quite funny to me. It's nothing big, but it is kind of hilarious. The horde flag size in Warsaw Gulch and Twin Peaks has been increased to match the size of the Alliance flag. It's a bit stupid and a bit silly, but you know it makes sense. Obviously, uh, most of these things are to do with. Uh, Big battlegrounds, Isle of Conquest, Wintergrasp, stuff like that. And it's just mainly stuff like uh, Glaive health has been increased by 40%. The Commander's health has been increased by 50%. Demolisher's health increased by 25%. So it's just massive uh, like tweaks to uh, either buffing or nerfing uh, the big epic battlegrounds. But... I don't believe that many people are interested in the epic battleground scene. I believe it's more what you want to look at in uh, the smaller battlegrounds are the more, you know, useful ones for gaining honor. Even uh, skirmishes are very good at gaining honor, unless you are going into an epic battleground because you like them. It's very rare. You're usually going into an epic battleground to do a quest for the week like a weekly quest so these tweaks aren't necessarily going to impact your day-to-day -day life within wow um looking at a couple of uh, you know classes again you've got ashen hollow spear of bastion resonating arrow wild spirits and other stuff like that their visual effects are now more easily distinguishable when cast on enemy players or by enemy players, sorry. So it makes so it makes it so that Wild Spirits I have noticed this actually. So Wild Spirits is the Night Fae Hunter ability. If it is a friendly Wild Spirits, it will be blue. But if it's a enemy Wild Spirits, it's more got a red taint to it. I have noticed this and it means that obviously the red means danger in my head. It's like, okay, I've got to get out of this zone. It's not safe. Yeah, I'm booking it. See you later. So it makes sense because the resonating arrow is also a bit red. It means that if both hunters, you've got a hunter and they've got a hunter, throw their arrow down, you know whose is whose, more distinguishable, a lot easier, a lot quicker. And that helps out with making PvP decisions a lot better. So it makes sense. Uh, for Death Knights... It removes the stun when summoning the temporary ghoul version of Raised Dead in PvP. So, apparently you got a small stun when uh, you were raising ghoul. Didn't know that. And the sated debuff from Rune of Sang Sanguination is now removed when entering PvP instances. Obviously, because you don't want to go in there with a debuff and already be at a disadvantage, so... Again, makes sense. Uh, for Demon Hunter Vengeance uh, spec, it corrected an issue that was causing Illidan's Grasp, a PvP talent, to recast the effect to not toss the enemy. To... Wait. <laughs> recast effect to not toss the target. Same thing, pretty much. Uh, for Druid, Convoke the Spirits, Night Fae, can no longer cast Full Moon and Frenzy Regen, or... For Guardian and Restoring Druids, when engaged in combat with enemy players, 
makes sense because Full Moon obviously is what they took out of, um, you know, Convoke in PvP. So the fact that Guardian and Resto Druids could still do it, kind of annoying, not going to lie. Because I'm kind of a little bit envious of it, but it happens. At least they've sorted that issue now. Uh, Rora's Sacrifice, the PvP talent, can no longer be casted while the hunter's pet is dead or crowd controlled. Now this seems ridiculous because I always thought that when the pet was dead it couldn't because it's a pet ability technically. So not too sure where they messed up there to be honest but at least this is fixed now. It means that you know once the pet's dead or CC they don't have that big defensive cooldown to rely on. Uh, for Mage a couple tweaks as well. So Ice Form which is a PvP talent no longer has a global cooldown to match Icy Veins, and this is the ability that it replaced, so it makes sense. Ice uh, Propulsion Conduit now correctly functions with Ice Form, and Nether, Pre Nether Precision and Arcane Prodigy Conduits now correctly function with Arcane Empowerment, which is a PvP talent as well. So a few minor sort of tweaks and bug th fixes there. You have a lot of stuff to do with PvP talents and stuff being tweaked a little bit. The biggest one is Paladin though. So for Holy, Divine Vision, which is a PvP talent, now reduces the cooldown of Aura Mastery by one minute and it was grants Shadow Resistance Aura. So this is a massive nerf because Shadow Resistance Aura against something like a Warlock or a Priest was obviously going to be very, very useful. Uh, Ultimate Sacrifice, which is a PvP talent, now reduces the duration of Blessing of Sacrifice to 6 seconds in addition to its existing effects. Now, Sack is obviously one of the biggest cooldowns in the game. It redirects all the damage that the person's taking to the Paladin. And it does it as a damage over time effect. So it's not a massive burst of damage, it is a slow killer pretty much. And they are hitting it quite hard with this. Uh, and it, they also fixed an issue that caused uh, uh, Cleanse the Weak not to dispel multiple debuffs, which obviously makes sense again. Holy Paladins did get hit very hard in this type of thing. But, I mean, that's all they were doing. That's all that was in Battlegrounds, or not Battlegrounds, in Arenas, which was Holy Paladins pretty much. I think the healer situation in PvP is very good. I think shamans are kind of coming out on top or as the front runners a lot more at the moment, mainly because of their utility. You've got grounding totem, ascendance, uh, interrupt. You've got a CC in, sh in hex and stuff. So you've got a lot more utility in that. But paladins were picked... Uh, Overall, because they had a mass, they had a lot of old oh shit buttons, and uh, because the damage is so bursty at the moment in PvP, that's why they were picked. Because it, you know, oh shit, you're getting bursted. I'm gonna just press this button and you're fine. It's that kind of thing. It doesn't really make it interactive and fun. There's no sort of outplays and stuff. So it makes sense why they're hitting Paladin, but I think it's in a very healthy state in terms of, you know, healers. I think, obviously, you're going to have some weaker ones compared to stronger ones, but that's always going to be the same. You're never going to be able to balance it perfectly. That is an MMO. Uh, let's look at some of the more stuff. 
So a new account-wide unlock has been added to Venari that reveals teleport nodes uh, uh, on all of the long walkable chains in Torghast. So you can quickly cross the chains and no longer have to face the fear of heights. And this is when you're walking across a chain, nothing beneath you, you just fall off and you lose a death to the most ridiculous way, like in Torghast. It's not fun. You don't want to do it. So just get a portal there. Nice and easy. And they reduce the health and the amount of deva anima devourers required for stage one of the winged soul eaters hunt. So the soul eaters is a weekly thing. Uh, you just go there. It's different stages and you can get impossible more amount from this uh, uh, event. They have done a few things to Torghast. So a brief description of each wing is now available before going into the Torghast run. Uh, to better increase your odds, odds of success, a recommended item level is now actually displayed when selecting the layer of difficulty you want to attempt. And they've just reduced the amount of enemies on multiple floors of Torghast, which makes sense. There are a shit ton of enemies sometimes, and then you get a floor where there's like none enemies, and it's ridiculous. There's obviously loads of new or tweaks to uh, anima powers, mostly like new anima powers I'm going to list off here. So you've got a new anima power for Necrolord called Desolate Chitin or Chitin. And Fleshcraft absorbs 50% more damage and it can be obtained three times. Nice and simple, massive sort of shield, be tanky, power for everything, nice and easy. Good job, Necrolord. A new Nightfay ability, uh, which is Frigid Wild Seed. And uh, activating Soul Shape stuns enemies within 12 yards of the departure and destination location for 6 seconds. And this can only obviously be obtained one time. And you've got Ethereal Wild Seeds, which is a new anima power. Soul Shape and Flicker heal you for 20% of your maximum health and can be obtained two times. This is insane, by the way. I did get this. It's a massive heal. You can use it with an immunity uh, anima power. Absolutely quality. Can't die. Big heals, good. <laughs> nice speed, blink, stuff like that. So for Death Knights, they got a new anima power, or a couple. Uh, Entropic Pull, dealing damage with Death and Decay increases damage you deal to the target by 2%, and this affects stacks. And they also have a Bone Borrower, and Death Grip reduces the target's damage dealt to you by 20% for 10 seconds, and animates a Risen Skulker, or Magus um, of the Dead for one minute. So nice and easy, new little powers there to tinker about with, maybe see how they go. Uh, for Mage, they also got a new, they got loads of new anima powers, holy, I'm looking at it now. So Gravity uh, Dynamo, knocking, rooting, or incapacitating enemies grants you 50% extra damage to Fire, Arcane, and Frost spells for eight seconds. Uh, Chronomancer's Hourglass During Alter Time You and your mirror images gain time warp This one I absolutely love It's very good And it utilises um, It makes you use Alter Time a lot more Because it is a very Underappreciated uh, Ability in PvE I'd say PvP obviously it's used quite a bit But PvE I'd say it's a lot more Underutilised uh, Sorcerer's Frozen Soul 
Ice Block has no cooldown, which is insane. That's absolutely insane. Ice Block into an Ice Block into an Ice Block. You're just immune forever. Um, Incan Incanter's Ward. Damage absorbed by your barriers grants you up to 20% increased intellect based on the amount of absorbed damage. Nice and easy uh, stat buff there. Just get a little bit extra damage from your barriers, pretty much. From people hitting into your barriers. Nice and easy. Oh my god, my voice is going... I'm not sure if you can hear it or not. Uh, Eldritch Teachings. So Pyroblast, Flurry and Arcane Barrage damage is increased by 25%. Just a straight damage increase. Very nice. Because most of the damage that came from uh, Mage came from actually their invis, I'd say. Their invis and stacking of the Phylactery uh, Anima Power. So just to get a straight damage increase is very nice from this. Uh, Priest got a lot of uh, anima powers as well, new anima powers. So Dark Technique, uh, enemies affected by Mind Bomb or Psychic Scream suffer 5% of your health in damage every one second. This ga damage cannot break Mind Bomb or Psychic Scream. Just a nice flat damage um, increase there. Uh, Void Racing uh, Signet, uh, kill an enemy with Shadow or Death that summons a Void Wraith Guardian for one minute. That casts Void Flay, doing 100% additional damage against enemies that are above 50% health. So this is amazing. So you can kill an enemy, go on to the boss, and this thing is dealing 100% more damage to the boss because obviously you've just tagged him, he's at 100%. So very nice for bursting down big, chunky targets. Uh, Soul of an Archon. Uh, power Infusion now also increases all periodic damage and healing by 100%. That's insane. So Shadow World Pain, uh, Devourer's uh, Plague, you got Vampiric Touch. All of that's increased by 100%. Oh my god. I, I couldn't even like swallow my saliva there. I just... It, <laughs> I'm just dying over here. Uh, Cowl of the Influence... Uh, you can now control your character during mind control, but it has a 30 second cooldown. I'm kind of confused on that one. I'm not too sure how that will work. I'm very curious to see that. Um, light infused egg. Smite slash mind flay has a 15 or 5% chance to grant you power infusion. Very, very nice. And uh, fallen priest blessing. Uh, casting holy fire or mind blast increases the damage or healing of your next devourer and plague by 30%, penance by 30%, or chastise by 60%. This effect stacks, but its duration is not refreshed. So you can stack it indefinitely, but once that timer ticks down to zero, it's gone. So you've got to use it before then. Uh, nothing new anima powers for rogues. A few ones for shamans, though. Depleted Tesla coil. Gain the effects of Stormkeeper every 15 seconds. That's insane, by the way. Stormkeeper's a massive cooldown, scary cooldown. If this was in an arena, I'd want that nerfed, and I wouldn't touch arenas until it is nerfed. So that shows you how scary it is. Pure Elemental Core. Increase the duration of your Fire Elemental or Storm Elemental by 50%. Uh, for Elemental. Yeah, by 50% for Elemental. Oh, yeah, for Elemental Spec. Increase the duration of Feral Spirits by 100% for enhancement. And when you drop Spirit Link Totem, immediately heal all allies for 15% of their maximum health. 
and harm all enemies in the radius for 15% of their maximum health for restoration. And this stacks up to two times. So you can just deal a straight 30% of the target's health with the Spiriting Totem as rest up. That seems really good. That seems like a real bursty sort of uh, Spiriting Totem. Uh, bottle of Swirling Maelstrom increases the Earthquake and Earthshock damage for Elemental. Increases Maelstrom weapon bonus damage and healing for enhancement. And periodically deals nature damage to enemies inside your healing rain for restoration. And this stacks up to three times. So again, some nice little um, new anima powers for shamans. You know, you can play around with them as much as you want. And lastly, we're looking at the anima powers for warriors. Glory to Glory of Skyhold. Heroic Leap gains two additional charges and can be obtained one time. So you can just leap around, you know, just have fun and jump in from place to place. You're like a fucking um, long jump like expert at this point. Uh, Blade of the Tide Scorn. You yell a demoralizing shout uh, as protection, piercing howl for arms and fury. When you land your heroic leap, uh, can be obtained one time. Repulsive pet. Pennant now deals damage to all enemies within 15 yards of uh, you every three seconds while Conqueror's Banner is active and it can only be uh, obtained two times. Instead, it was three. Oh my god, my voice is really going. Thank god this is the last one. I'm, otherwise, I'm gonna just drop dead here. Uh, so, you've obviously got Weathered Runestone as well. So Berserker Rage increases the duration of Overpower, Raging Blows, or Revenge, I can't even say words anymore, uh, by 40%, and it can be obtained three times. Thorium Hairpin, Whirlwind generates 10 Rage for Arms and Protection, and 4 additional Rage for Fury, Uh, can be obtained three times, so a nice Rage generator there. Uh, Gargamar's Shattering Hand, Victory Rush reduces the remaining cooldown of Heroic Leap by 10 seconds and can be obtained three times. Honestly, you could just be leaping around every wing of Torghast at this point with the amount of Heroic Leaps and the cooldowns you're getting. So, you know, go crazy with that. And finally, Ancient Rubble. Heroic Leap shatters the ground where you land, dealing physical damage over 10 seconds to enemies within 16 yards. And this can be obtained four times, so you can really stack it. Looks like they're going for a massive heroic leap build here with all the uh, new warrior anima powers. I'm not too sure, you know, who's thinking of that one. But these are just some of the changes that are in 9.0.5, or the bigger changes that are in 9.0.5. There's a lot that they've changed, and they're probably going to look at it very closely going into 9.1 soon. I say soon, hopefully soon. But, again, only time will tell how all of these changes will happen. The anima powers, obviously, they'll tweak and stuff. They might not even tweak the anima powers, because Torghast is all about having fun, you know, building a powerful build, you know, just going absolutely crazy without the limitations of, you know, PvP, anything like that. So, definitely going to see more coming in the future. I would imagine patch 9.1 will bring a lot of... uh, uh, new changes to class balance, uh, ability balances, stuff like that. But 
again, all of these things will change throughout the course of Shadowlands. It's just about knowing what has changed for your class specifically uh, in the current patch. Again, I want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. I know there's many choices out there and coming back to the Pig and Whistle each week is just amazing and I can't thank you enough. If you would love to, I would absolutely love for you to as well to go and rate the podcast, to go and comment on whatever sort of uh, channel or device that you're listening to. It really helps out. And if you want to check out the Pig and Whistle social medias, you can find them on the website www.pigandwhistletales.com please go check it out loads of posts there daily you know loads of stuff to see and uh, check out the patreon while you're at it there's multiple uh, extra podcasts on there uh, weekly as well just for patreon listeners only but thank you all very much for listening as always and go with valor friend and goodbye all Thank you.